Welcome to the Self-Awareness Saga, the podcast, of course, hosted by yours truly, Charlene Shar, whichever you prefer. As you can see from the title, this episode is going to be about feeling a sense of entitlement, heavy on the millennial generations. If you didn't know, that's for people born um, from the 80s to 2000s type of era, you know, um, this the millennial generation have like 80 million people part of the generation, you know. They are the biggest age grouping in American history, you know. Each country's millennials are different. But because of globalization, you know, social media, um, exporting of Western culture and just black culture, of course, because black culture is, black American culture is basically American culture, so oh my god that's my lighter why i'm in like sitting in my closet and i can see under my bed and i'm looking i'm looking at this lighter that i lost (laughs) but um it's great to see that that um i didn't really lose i just misplaced it but yeah to get back on track yeah and like with the speed of change you know millennials like worldwide they are more similar to one another than to older generations within their nations so like to a to a high degree entitlement is a learned behavior is a learned behavior of course but entitlement is definitely the top word associated with the millennial generation like I looked at studies, I looked at statistics, I looked at surveys. The numbers do not lie. 71% of American adults think of millennials as selfish. 65% think millennials are entitled. So whether or not you believe the entitlement label is accurate, perception is reality. So, you know, some of the like millennial behaviors labeled as entitled are, you know, expecting, expecting shit. Like, just expecting anything. Because which which they fail to realize, shit, when I say they, literally people in my community, people in my age group, what they fail to realize is you're granted nothing. You deserve literally nothing. Like, nothing is granted to you but death. When we come into this world, the only thing we know for sure is that we will die. You do not know when, you do not know how, but you know that there's a time where you will not be physically here anymore. So to expect to to get a job right after college, that's entitlement. Demanding shit is entitlement. Assuming shit is just a part of the entitlement. Like, especially the unaddressed entitlement. Because it can result in unethical behaviors, you know, um, underperformance, and just a loss of leadership influence. Because, you know, millennials might view, like, say, for instance, you got a job, you might view your manager as unreasonable. But understanding, like, the origin of millennial entitlement, or at least the perception thereof, is helpful before addressing entitlement issues. That's why I got to really break this down for y'all because there's really, there's a couple contributors into this entitlement stage 
And first and foremost, like I said, entitlement is a learned behavior. So number one definitely has to be parenting. Um, you know, ne- people of this generation never really thought of themselves as entitled, but their parents believed they were entitled to everything. You know, it may have been noble parenting styles, but it had unexpected ramifications that that definitely infused different behaviors and expectations into an entire generation. So, you know, millennials are the children of the baby boomers, you know, and it's crazy because the baby boomers were labeled as like the me generation. So technically, the me generation produced the me, me, me generation whose selfishness tech like of uh, like whose selfishness really because of technology only dragged it even more because that's the only difference between us and them we grew up with technology they did not so whereas like in the 1950s if you go into a family's home you will see maybe a wedding photo, uh, a graduation photo, like a yearbook photo, or a military photo, because, you know, them back then, they were always in the military. Um, and, you know, just, just, just average shit of that, of like, you know, around that. But whereas with us, if you go into somebody's home, you're going to see 85 pictures of themselves and their pets. You know, they come to the age in this era where, they have quantified self, you know, yeah, record everything. Should I do that too? We record everything, you know, you, you display like, how can I say this? You record your, like every hour of the day, like literally, like like Snapchat, I don't think y'all realize how, like, I don't know, I know a lot of people don't use Snapchat anymore, but I don't think y'all realize how Snapchat is mad crazy, because you could really post something, and somebody could know, like, oh, this is exactly where you are five minutes ago, you know what I'm saying, like, that you are exactly in this location, like I understand Instagram has that feature where you could, you know, add things to your story, but you can add old things from your camera roll and nobody would ever know that it's old. They would think that that's posted right now. Whereas with Snapchat, it would say from camera roll. You know what I'm saying? So Snapchat is really specific when it comes to everything. Like everything you post, I know that you was like this was posted and this was you literally you two hours ago or two minutes ago and I don't think y'all realize how crazy that is that people who follow you who could be subscribed to because I know when you're not friends with somebody on snapchat it comes up as subscribed somebody could you can have a before amount of people in this category and they're just watching you like the concept I swear if I didn't have this platform where I do my podcast and stuff my page will be private because the thought of mad people watching me is so crazy. Like, <laughs> that's that's not crazy to y'all. Like, it's so crazy. And 
you know, y'all have less engagement and lower political participation than any previous group. Like, and you got this way because people wanted to improve kids' chances of success by instilling self-esteem. And it turns out that self-esteem is great for getting a job or, you know, getting in a relationship or for even keeping a job. But the like early findings show that kids with high self-esteem did better in school and were like, were like less likely to get into, you know, various kinds of trouble. But they also learned that later that self-esteem is a result, not a cause. So the problem is that when people try to boost self-esteem, they are accidentally boosting narcissism instead. So people were just saying, like, maybe you should just tell your kids you love them and just keep it at that. Keep it as that. Like, it's a better message because when they're little, you know, it seems cute to tell them they're special. You're a princess. You're a rock star or whatever their fucking T-shirt said. But when they get to a certain age, it's no longer cute. All that self-esteem leads to being disappointed when the world refuses to affirm to how great they know they are. You understand what I'm saying? So, millennials' self-involvement is more of a continuation of a trend than a revolutionary break from previous generations. Because they're not a new species. We're not. We've just mutated to adapt to our environment. Do you guys understand? Because of the, t- the fact that times have changed, we needed to change along with it. Because if not, we were going to get left behind. But at the same time, there's certain things that you shouldn't just feel entitled to. Like, I see, like, say, for instance, one of the biggest apps right now across social media, TikTok. You could be scrolling on TikTok, looking through comments and stuff. Say, for instance, someone posts like, like there's a trend right now where you, they're, they're posting, you guys were raised by Karen and I was raised by blank, whatever your parent name is. Now, I saw a video where a girl had posted, you know, you guys were raised by Kevin's and I was raised by, I forgot whatever her father's name was. No, she said, she didn't even say her father's name. She said, you guys were raised by Kevin's and I was raised by a murderer. Then it showed pictures of her and her father growing up and then her father's mugshot. And then in the comments, they, um, she was saying how, like, you know, um, you know, thank you. She responded to a comment where somebody was just, like, you know, giving her comforting words and stuff like that and saying, like, you know, I've hoped that you have, you know, grown a lot mentally where this is not affecting you so much. And she was like, you know, I have been that this happened, you know, like 17 years ago, but being that the victim was her mother, it definitely had some repercussions and just been really hard for her. People replying to the comment or making their own comments like, oh, story time, da da da, like, and then somebody responded to that person saying story time saying like why would you why would you think that she wants to make a story time on how her father murdered her mother and then the person responded saying well you put it that you put this on the internet of course people are gonna have questions of course people are gonna th-. 
so that may that means that you're entitled to to know the full story like what you want to know that her like if her mother was shot or if like how he did it like what kind of weird shit and not only that, it's the fact that y'all feel entitled to an explanation. Y'all feel entitled to a story time. And that's just not in that situation. I've seen that with people just just posting, hot, like, you know, themselves and people in the comments wanting the outfit details and saying that the person is gatekeeping because they're not willingly giving out the information on where they got their clothing from or their wig, whatever the case may be. Why do y'all feel so entitled to that? I don't know if it's because I'm from New York, but you could be on Instagram bumping music and I could really like that song. But because of where I'm from and I've seen that a lot with my peers as well, I'm not going to swipe up and ask you, what song is this? Just because I don't know if it's pride or whatever the case may be, but I'm not about to ask you because one, you could dub me. For those who are not from New York, dub means you can just say no. You cannot, you cannot be with it. And I'm going to be upset. Like, if you left me on scene or if you just, you know, left me on, like, you just never opened it, you left me on delivered, I'm going to be upset at that. So I'm not going to voluntarily put myself in a position to get dubbed. So instead, I'm going to search up the lyrics in that video and find a song by myself or Shazam it. Same thing with y'all wanting an outfit or a wig. If a person has on a blue top with stripes, type in blue top with stripes on Google. Nine times out of ten, I promise you, you're going to see the top pop up. Y'all just be expecting too much out of literally strangers. Why? Why y'all feel so entitled to that? They don't owe you nothing. That's the thing about y'all. Y'all failing to realize that no one owes you nothing, especially when you're a stranger behind a screen. Like, you're literally behind a screen. I do not know you from a can of paint on the wall. <laughs> what makes you think that I'm a voluntarily, like, no. I, one thing, especially, like I said, about being from New York, if somebody asks you where I got this fit from, nine times out of ten, that person is not going to tell you where they got it from because people got in their head like, yo, I don't want you dressing like me. I don't know. I don't want you knowing where I get my drip from or whatever the case may be, which is respectful. Like, I, I could respect it because at the end of the day, you're entitled to that. But what that person is not entitled to is to get the information because nowhere says where I got to give this to you. No. It's not like you're a teacher and I'm a student. I got to give you my homework. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So obviously, you know, through this entire episode, um, everything I've been saying is because is, it, it's completely factual. Like I have the facts. It's it's factuals. So millennial self-involvement is more, like I said, a, a, a continuation of a trend than something from a like breaking something from a previous generation because like I said we're not new we're just we're just adapting to our environment so millennials perceive entitlement isn't a result of overprotection but it's an adapt like an adaptation to a world of abundance y'all gotta realize that we're in a world we're in a society a time where everything is at the like I can get anything at the tip of my fingers like Especially when it comes to information. Like I said, all of this shit is, I'm saying is factual. You know where I got this information from? Either the internet, books, shit like that. Everything is, I, I don't got to go to the library no more. So for almost all of human history, almost everyone has had a, like, was a small scale farmer. And then people were farmers and factory workers. 
Nobody gets much fulfillment from either either of those things. They put off life choices because they can choose from a huge array of career options. Some of which, like jobs and social media, did not exist 10 years ago. So that also stems from why um, people in the generation have that sense of entitlement. There's certain things that y'all had to do. Y'all had to literally be legal slaves working on farms and factories. Whereas today's day, you can really be a content creator and that could be your nine to five. Which also stems from like my next point, which is ownership, you know, because the connected world has empowered millennials to take ownership. You know, Instagram and Snapchat's allows ownership of one's personal brand you know the internet has offered you know millennials personalization and customization at every turn of their lives and now they expect the same control at work and in their careers they are skeptical of paying their dues due to the mistrust between employer and employee that they've witnessed firsthand in their parent situations like i said the farmers the factory workers the people who are working the nine to fives They've seen this, so their approach to career, they, they, they approach their careers like free agents, taking ownership and looking for new opportunities or creating their own through entrepreneurship. I swear, this generation has the most entrepreneurs I've seen. Well, I haven't been here long. I'm a part of the group, but <laughs> from my upbringing to now, definitely have the most entrepreneurs I've ever seen. They know how to make it. You know, the rejection of the traditional career path and workplace norms is perceived by many as entitlement. But but perhaps a better description is ownership or just empowered because millennials are not interested in spending hours commuting to work, working for years in the hope of a promotion, sitting at a desk from nine to five for the only reason that this is how it's always been. That's the opposite of ownership. Millennials are interested in ownership, freedom, legacy, and impact during their careers and not just at the end. You know, this is a noble quest that any generation can get behind. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is actually a great thing. And I feel like other generations should definitely give them props on that because they do not fuck around when it comes to shit like that. You know, what idiot would try to work her way up at a company when she's going to have an average of seven jobs before age 26? Like me personally, when I was in high school, I went to a private high school. So that means I had to pay for tuition. To help pay for our tuition, they used to make us work one day out of the week. I've had, I've seen ninth graders work at J.P. Morgan, work at law firms, work at senators' offices and and political offices work at like I work at a bank for two years at seven at 17 18 years old I was working at a bank whose resume is comparing to that at that age you know what I'm saying you're not seeing shit like that in other generations at all you know and because of online dating Facebook circles the ability to connect with people internationally they know they no longer have to marry someone from their high school class or even their home country because Life expectancy is increasing so rapidly and technology allows women to get pregnant in their 40s. So they're more free to postpone those big decisions. Like the median age for an American woman's first marriage went from 20 years old in 1967 to 26 in 2011. That's a switch. And I'm sure like 2011 was over 10, 10 years ago. That's a decade. So I know that number just went up even more.
It's probably 28 now. You know, so. So here's like a more rounded picture of millennials than the one I started before. You know, of all of which I had the data for and the factuals. <laughs> They're earnest. They're optimistic. They embrace the system. You know, they're idealists. They're tinkers more than dreamers. You know, life hackers. I don't know if I could hear that, but my stomach just grumbled. Hopefully I didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> you know, their world is so flat that they have no leaders, which is why revolutions from, you know, shit, Wall Street to, to here Square have, have even less chance than the previous rebellions. You know, they want constant approval. They post photos from the dressing rooms as they try on clothes. They have massive fear of missing out and the acronym for everything. You know, they are celebrity obsessed, but don't respectfully idolize celebrities from a distance. They're not into going to church, even though they believe in God, because they, they don't identify with big institutions. One third of adults under 30 are religious religiously unaffiliated yeah that's how i should say it religiously unaffiliated you know they want new experiences which are more important to them than material goods which is why a lot of us around this age have been traveling a lot more you know they are cool and reserved and not all that passionate they are informed but inactive they are financially responsible Although student loans have hit record highs, they have less household and credit card debt than any previous generation on record, which isn't that hard when you're living at home using your parents' credit card. But, um, you know, they love their phones, but hate talking on them. So, yes, you know, we have all the data about narcissism and entitlement and laziness, but a generation's greatness isn't determined by data. It's determined by how they react to the challenges that befall them. And just as important by how we react to them. So whether you think millennials are the newest, greater generation of optimistic entrepreneurs or just a great group of 80 million people about to implode when their expectations are, are unmet depends largely on how you view change. Me, I choose to believe in children. I choose to believe in the children. So, who knows? Maybe shit will change. Maybe the sense of entitlement will definitely change. But it's definitely a growing invitation that I... Yo, my stomach is going crazy. <laughs> but it's definitely a growing invitation that, that I feel for my peers. Because it's just... It's just very, it's just irritating. Like, it's just irritating. I don't like people expecting shit out of me when I don't owe you anything. Maybe that's just the millennial in me that feels that way. But, yeah. Fuck it. So that's my episode on the millennial generation with entitlement, with laziness with all that shit so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i'll be back next week to drop another step like layups never pass that ass